The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Welcome to the American Negotiation Institute's podcast, where we will teach you the skills you need to get more out of life. And now your host, Kwame Christian. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of Negotiate Anything. I'm Kwame Christian. I'm a business lawyer and I'm passionate about teaching business professionals like you the keys to negotiation and persuasion. This podcast is produced by the American Negotiation Institute, where we offer live negotiation trainings, business consulting, and one-on-one coaching for professionals that want to learn how to communicate more confidently and persuasively. Our guest today is Anthony Kirby. Anthony is an experienced business coach in Brisbane, Australia, who works with business owners and gives them clarity, strategy, and inspiration. In today's episode, he's going to show us how we can use negotiation and persuasion to advance our businesses. I know you're going to get a lot out of this one. So without further ado, let's jump into the interview. Well, Anthony, thanks for joining us today. That's all right. Thanks for having me, mate. It's great to get on the show. And I, and I, I hear in a chat pre-record, we talked about your audience in Australia, and I'm glad that I'm representing my nation right now. I feel like an Olympic athlete of sorts. <laughs> yeah, man. Australia is our second biggest audience by far, so it's pretty cool. It's crazy that it took me this long to get another Aussie on. But well, yeah. well, you know, it's, uh, and I know we've talked about this on social media, about getting you out to Australia. I think that would be a good idea in the next little while. Absolutely. Get you over to this part of the world and take you around the place and show you some of the sights. It's such a great country. It's an amazing place. Yeah, it's great to be on the show and, and uh, fly the flag. <laughs> That's right. So let's get started by uh, telling the audience a little bit about yourself. So my name is Anthony Kirby. I live in Brisbane, Australia. First and foremost, I'm a father and a, and a husband. And outside of that, in my business world, I help coaches, consultants, and professionals to package their knowledge and sell their services online and build their brand online. And I do that through my program, which is called Predictable Growth Academy. And I work with a number of Australia's preeminent brands, GJ Gardner Homes, uh, I've worked with Microsoft and I've worked with over a thousand business owners in the last 12 months alone. So it's been a big growth period for my business and 2017 looks set to be even stronger, which is fantastic. So that is, in a nutshell, what I do. I love it. And and I know we talked about this before, but I'm happy to hear how, how well things have been going for you, especially recently. So yeah, I know this is going to be a big year for you. Yeah, it is for sure. I mean, it's like, and first up, and this is probably the first thing that people could write down. You know, you get out what you put in. And so I have continually been of the belief that if I continue to take the right action and listen to the feedback that I'm getting, that I will always end up where I need to be. I love it. I love it. Good stuff. So now, knowing that you are focusing on coaches and consultants, essentially, you're working with people who work with people. So those uh, people skills are going to be key. Absolutely. Yeah, it's critical for them. And the reality is that a lot of people in the, and let me just call it professional development for the purpose of ease. There's a lot of people in pre- professional development who are amazingly passionate about what they do and they suck at talking to people, <laughs> which is ironic. But they've got great intention. They've got great spirit. They've got great heart. They've got a fantastic message based on something that may have happened to them. But what ends up happening is they're just not good at dealing with people. For the part of the process that I would call acquisition, which is building their business, 
because they're just not good at communicating. They're not good at negotiating. And so once they've got the client, they're great because they can deliver the message. But pre-getting the client, they find it a real struggle. And mm-hmm. so that's what I really help them with is to grow their brand, grow their presence, and take advantage of the great opportunities that we've got right now based on the online world. I mean, it's so simple now to grow a business. We don't need to put it in the yellow pages and kind of wait for the phone to ring. We can get out there very quickly, spend, you know, 50 bucks on Facebook marketing, directly targeting the exact person you want. And, uh, you know, if your message is good enough and if your content's good enough, you get a uh, result for it. Right. So when it comes to making that leap from struggling with communication up front and uh, getting better at it, what do you think is the key, the linchpin to take that first step? I think there's two. And I think the first one for me is mindset, always about realizing that if you've got a message, you've got to get out of your own way and stop worrying about what everyone else is going to think about you. And I think that's often one of the biggest struggles for people. And secondly, is getting very clear on what your message is. You know, who are you? And, you know, I think the more congruently you can turn up for yourself, the more clarity and congruency you have gone out there to your marketplace. And from there, negotiation becomes really simple because what ends up happening in my, in my experience with the businesses that I've worked with is that you stop selling and you start attracting. Mm. And so you move from going out there almost pleading for business to people coming to you saying, hey, we've seen what you do. We align with your message. We know that you're the person for us. I really like that. And I think that will eliminate some barriers that some of the people in our audience are facing because people don't want to feel salesy. They don't want to feel like they're Mm. trying to force a deal, you know? And so I think that switch from selling to attracting, I think that would be very (laughs) attractive to a number of the people in the audience based on uh, those that have reached out to me in the past. It's big. And, you know, I always talk about this concept of business being built in three funnels, so to speak, which is, first of all, education. Secondly, is systems. And third is results. And what I'm saying there, and what I mean by that is, that first funnel, the education funnel, what we must realize now as business owners, and this is why I think a lot of older businesses are now being left behind and overtaken by these new and innovative businesses. You know, you look at Uber, Facebook, all of that sort of stuff. Um, my take on it is this. People know more about you before you know about them than ever before. Now, you look at your social media. They can look at you online. They can look at you on LinkedIn, any social media platform. They can look at reviews that people have left for you on Google or product review. They know everything about you before you even know their name. And there could be people looking at you behind the scenes for a year or two years before you even see them click like on a Facebook post. So they know you intimately. You know, they know your family dynamics. They know how often you post. They know how consistent you are. They know how consistent your message is. They know whether you're struggling or not before you even know they exist. And that is where I feel for business owners, if we start to tune in to the, the notion that you know what we put out there can't be about ego, can't be about how many likes we're going to get, how many comments or shares we're going to get. It has to be about providing content for the market that is hidden and silent because they're the people that are going to buy your products and services. Wow. So (laughs) as a podcaster, somebody who is putting himself out there, that is equal parts creepy and exciting. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. Actually, I'll tell you a story on that. And I say this to inspire you guys who are listening to this. I worked with a guy a decade ago. So 10 years ago, I worked with this young guy. And I haven't heard of anything from him, haven't seen him on social, anything like that. Now, I was doing an event in 2016 in Brisbane, and this guy came to the event. 
and he spent $297 on the ticket. I saw his ticket purchase come through and I went, wow, that's interesting. You know, I haven't heard that name for a while. And after the event, he came up to me and he said, I'm now working for this business in this role. And it was a leadership position that he was working in. And essentially what happened was he referred me to the owner of the business. And I ended up getting an $80,000 deal. Wow. Now, I did not know that he was watching me. So behind the scenes, he was watching everything I was doing on LinkedIn, all of my articles. He was looking at my Facebook posts. He was watching my streams. He was looking at every video that I did. And then he clicked on the advert to say the event was on in Brisbane. He bought the ticket without me knowing about it until it came through. I hadn't spoken to him at all for 10 years. And then he turned up and $80,000 worth of business came from that. That's so you, you must keep showing up even when you feel it sucks because no one likes your content, even though it sucks because you're struggling to get deals across the line, you must keep showing up on your message and delivering the content that you want to get to the world because it will work one day. Wow. That is a fantastic example. And I tell you, the most difficult part about being an entrepreneur nowadays, especially with the requirement, the unofficial requirement that you need to be out there posting and have an online presence is the consistency. Because a lot of times when you are out there posting, and even as a, a business professional working within a company, it's almost like thankless work. You can ask yourself, yep. why am I doing this? Is anybody even listening to me? But then, like you, there's a huge payoff down the line, and you realize that it is the culmination of all of the thankless hours you put in in the pre previous years. Yeah, it really is. And the other thing I would add to that, and I know you mentioned consistency there, I would also add quality. Because... I see a lot of people trying to do a lot of posts with no quality because they're trying to aim for the consistency, but you're better off to lower the amount of posts you do and make sure they're better quality or that instead of doing you know, 15 rubbish posts, you do one fantastic post and be consistent about the quality of it because that's going to get you more engagement. And even if they're not clicking, liking, sharing, it means they're going to be watching you as the authority. Regardless of whether they're engaging, they're going to start coming to you as the authority because your information is good information. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise. A promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. A promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Wow, that's a really great example. And I think this kind of, it's similar to uh, something I read in a book recently called Pitch Anything. And um, yep. the guy said, when you're making a pitch and you're introducing yourself, you only want to highlight one or two spectacular things that you've done. Because what people do is they psychologically, they average the experiences that you share. So if you have one great thing, one okay thing, and one good thing, that's worse than just sharing one good thing. So it kind of goes back to what you said. You make sure that your quality is top-notch. Top-notch or yeah. just don't post. Yeah, just don't do it. You know, in my, inside my Predictable Growth Academy, which, you know, a little bit of a plug, but unintentional. And actually, I did a live stream on this last week, is this concept of, you know, you see so many people coming out to the market and saying, go out there and get more sales. You know, even Grant Cardone, the biggest of the biggest of the biggest in the world, he'll say, just get more sales. Here's the problem with getting more sales. Getting more sales 
is still not going to help your business long term if your business is broken because mm-hmm. more sales just just exaggerates the gaps in your business. It exaggerates the flaws in your systems and delivery processes. So what you've got to do, and inside Predictable Growth Academy, this is how we do it. First of all, we look at where the business is now. We plan where it wants to be in 90 days, just 90 days. And then what we do is we prepare the business. So we look at all the gaps and we fill the gaps. So if your content is not very good, if your content is not of high quality, we look at why and we fix it. And then we go and promote it. Then we go and post on social media when we know the content works. And then, of course, we can profit from that through negotiation and through taking your clients into your marketing funnels and so on and so on and so on. But it's imperative. And I love what you said there about just don't post. That is so true. Don't post if what you're posting is going to alienate your buyers, alienate your market, or if it's going to damage your brand. Right. And this highlights one thing that I've mentioned before, too. And this is just a a strictly business point. When you are going in your business, especially as an entrepreneur, it's easy to fall victim to the idea that you need to do it all by yourself. And the thing is, as entrepreneurs, most of us are idea people. And so our ideas feel really good. And you think they're going to be fantastic because you go through a system of checks and balances within the echo chamber of your own mind. And so it would be like me saying, hey, Kwame, you think this is a good idea? Yeah, Kwame, I was thinking the same thing. Let's do it. (laughs) You know? And so what I would suggest anybody, I think, give serious consideration to this program and other programs like it because you need a coach. You need a team. That's going to be key for you to grow your business. I know for me, I wouldn't be where I am today without a coach. I started off two months into this business with a coach and it made all the difference. So don't think you can do it by yourself. These programs are legit and incredibly helpful if you want to be successful. I agree completely. Maybe I'm a little biased on that. (laughs) One of the things you mentioned earlier, you talked about mindset. And I think this is something that people often overlook because some people might be tuning into this program saying, oh, negotiation, show me the X's and O's, show me the strategy to do it. But really having, knowing all of these techniques and having all these skills, it's absolutely worthless if you don't have the right mindset. So can you get into what you were talking about earlier when you were referring to mindset? Yeah, for sure. You know, if I look at most business owners, let me use a real example. I had an individual who started business and I had a great message, really wanted to share the message and did all the work to get to the starting line and then literally put the handbrake on because they were scared of what other people would think of them. So they didn't want to do a live stream because they thought people would laugh, you know, all of this sort of stuff. Anyway, so what we did, we sat down and we said, well, what happens if you don't do this? And this individual, she said, well, I go broke. And I said, okay, so is it worth you going broke just to protect the feelings of others? or your own feelings? And she said, well, no, it's not. And she ended up doing this live stream. She ended up with 1,500 views within 24 hours. And she generated 80 inquiries for her business from doing that live stream. So I think with mindset, what we've got to be careful of and what we have to ask ourselves when something comes up that you know scares us, challenges us, makes us feel out of control, we've got to ask the question, is this actually real? Or is it just my brain playing a trick on me? Because you know, you can read 700,000 different books and listen to podcasts on mindset. And let me tell you, it's this simple. If you ask yourself, is it true or not? And the answer is, well, no, it's not true. It's just false evidence appearing real, as they would say. You can then say, am I going to stop or am I going to just push through and see whether it's actually real or whether it's accurate? And then you can get on with taking some action to get a result. That is what mindset comes down to in the end. You know, we can 
go through limiting beliefs for three days. We could take you on a meditation retreat and work through all of your deepest, darkest things. But what it's going to come down to is, is it real, the belief that you've got? Is it real, the thought that you have? And if the answer is yes, well, then take action anyway, because who cares? And if the answer is no, well, take action, because you'll see if it's real or not. You know, if, if you've got no evidence of this in your past, you've got no evidence to see whether you're right or not, well, go take the action and prove yourself right or wrong. And then you'll know for sure. So you don't have to keep making the story up in your head and wasting your time and wasting your energy and wasting your opportunities and alienating your market because you don't show up. You know, all you're doing is self-sabotaging your own success by listening to the story that's gone through your mind. I love it. I love it. And one of the things you also said, you said mindset and clear message. And one thing when it comes down to negotiation, a lot of times we go into a negotiation and we are not even clear on what our goals are. And since we're not clear mm. on what our goals are, it's incredibly difficult for us to persuade effectively because our message is doesn't have that kind of focus that it needs. So can you get yeah. on, kind of get into how we can clarify our message? Yeah, absolutely. I think first things first, you've got to look at, this comes back to Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, where he talks about this whole thing of, you know, go in there with the intention of listening and hearing, like truly understanding. I think when we go into negotiation, oftentimes we go in there with, with a bit of a slanted view on things of what we expect from it without being clear on what the outcome needs to be. And for me, there's a distinction there because we can expect one thing, but the outcome could be quite different. And I think what we need to do is just be real about it first. I see a lot of people in negotiation and I train a lot of people on negotiation with sales and, and so on. Australia wide. And one thing that I see often is that, again, that story comes into their mind, their mindset steps in the way. They go into it with a preconceived notion of what the other person thinks. So let me give you a great example. I work with a lot of building companies and the salespeople, I say to them, you know, how are you going with your follow-up calls to your clients? And they say, oh, we haven't done it because we think, we think, being the common word, we think that this client is going to go with a competitor. And I say, okay, so if you call them, Will you find that out? And they say, yes. And here's the thing, Kwame, that I want to say to answer the question, because I know I'm babbling a bit. It's a bad problem with me. I like to talk. Um, <laughs> what happens is we don't ask the questions that we need to ask of our clients or of ourselves. And we back away from the one thing that will set us free, because as the, the Bible passage says, the truth will always set you free. And so I think with negotiation, what we must do is say, what is the outcome that is right for now? And it doesn't have to be the outcome forever. So let me just clarify what I mean by that. In a sales situation or in a negotiation situation, oftentimes we go into the negotiation looking for the final outcome, you know, the, the sign sealed, delivered, seal the envelope, put it in the post box. When in actual fact, negotiation is a series of small steps to get to a result. And what we must ask ourselves is what is the right next step? Not what is the final outcome? You know, if you look at Usain Bolt, arguably one of the greatest sprinters of all time. He doesn't think about the finish line. He thinks about making sure his foot hits the floor perfectly every single step. He's only focused on the step. He's not focused on the finish line. He knows that if he gets all of the steps right, the finish line happens and he breaks the world record. And that's how we have to look at negotiation. That was deep. I really like that. It was. <laughs> and that's the reality because so many people get scared of negotiation. And I know you'd know this, Kwame, because you do it every day. You train people on this. People get scared of negotiation because they're fearful of being beaten but you can't be beaten if you both come to the table looking for the next step because both believe with the right steps. 
Yeah. So I think you're absolutely right. Not I think. I know you're absolutely right. And I think that's one of the biggest things that people miss is the fact that negotiations need to be incremental. I was an assistant coach this past year for Ohio State's law school's negotiation team. And what they do is they have these students engage in 50-minute negotiations and you see what kind of deal you come up with. And I was kind of going back and forth with them in a training session. And afterwards, they asked me, how, how realistic is this compared to the real world? I said, not very, because in reality, these negotiations take a long time. It's very rare that you come to an ultimate conclusion in one conversation. You have to take these baby steps and lead them down where you need to go. And sometimes when you don't realize that negotiations are incremental, you might think it's over when it's really only just begun. And I think that's a great example you gave with your client who said, well, we think they are going with another customer that they've left questions unanswered. And so they need to go back and do some more investigation like you suggested. And really the game's just beginning. It's just added another element. So yeah, I think that's that's phenomenal advice. And it's powerful advice too, because I think when everyone just realizes that this is just about what's the right next step, everything becomes easier. Things seem a lot simpler. We break it down from being the giant elephant into one bite, to use the old analogy. Things become a lot more conducive to productivity. Beautiful. Man, I could talk to you about this all day. I oh, really no. could. And so let me ask you this. What is your typical approach to negotiation or persuasion? Do you use, is there a specific strategy you use or how do you typically approach these conversations? The number one thing, you know, because I always practice what I preach in all aspects of my business, which is exactly what I do with my clients. I always go in looking at what do they want from this and how can I support them to it without giving away the value that I know I bring. And I think that's a really good way to look at a negotiation because everyone should win. I think if you're going into a negotiation like I'm going to smash this person down or you know I'm going to beat them, it's not about beating anyone because if you beat someone, they feel like they've been beating, beaten, and that's not great for you because they feel hard done by. They feel cheated or whatever other acronym you wish to use for that. So I always go in first and say, well, what are they looking for out of this? How can I support them with what I provide as a product or service or whatever it is that you're you're doing with them, or if it's a, uh, let's just say it's a negotiation for a separation, for example, you've got to think, well, what are they after in terms of the outcome? And how can I support them to that without giving away the value that I know that I bring? And I'm always very upfront in negotiation as well. I think it's important that everyone, you know, and communication is such a big part of this. I think it's important that everyone is clear. I don't necessarily believe in this concept of the old school method of, you know, keep everything under the table and only pull out the cannons when you need them. I think you need to go in there with open hands and say, you know what, we're here for a reason. You want something out of this. I want something out of this. I want to make sure that you feel that, that I've supported you in this. How can we work on that together? And I think that's the key word, you know, the word together. And I think oftentimes in negotiation, in any event of life, whether that's relationships, children, whether that's in your business, in your personal life, you have to look at it and say, what are we both going to get out of this? I couldn't have said it better myself. This, <laughs> It's always a good thing when... Uh... I'm doing a podcast interview and sometimes I have to snap back to interviewer mode because I'm listening. I'm just like, wow, that was really good. <laughs> this is really great information. And you're absolutely right. Togetherness is the key because a lot of times people want to force their ideas on other people. And when yeah. negotiation happens to you instead of 
it being in an interaction that you are actively participating in, it's not yeah. going to end up right. It reminds me of um, one seminar I was doing. I, I like to give people an opportunity to introduce themselves and say what they want to get out of it. And it's interesting to hear different people's perspectives and what they're, it kind of gives an idea into their biases regarding negotiation, what they think it is. Mm. And I remember uh, this. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, because it's funny when you say the word negotiation, for some people, it would have a negative connotation. For some people, it would have a positive connotation based on their upbringing, based on their belief systems and their model of the world. And so it's great that you asked that question because it allows you as the facilitator as well to understand where they, what their view of negotiation is as well. It's very powerful. And it helps me to kind of tailor the message to the audience. It's like, okay, maybe I, maybe I should start here <laughs> instead of where I was anticipating. Yeah. I remember one guy said, I'm looking forward to this presentation because I want to learn how to impose my will on other people. And I was like, oh, oh my gosh. That's <laughs> Yeah, that's that's strong. <laughs> that is very strong. And so I was like, okay, now I need to uh, focus on collaboration a little bit more here. But um, it's, yeah. it's fun to see people's mindsets shift as the conversation goes on. I remember one one listener who's actually here in Columbus. She said she was constantly afraid of negotiation because with her definition, and just like you said, her perspective based on her upbringing and her experiences, negotiation always had a negative connotation as a stressful, aggressive, tense situation. After listening to a few episodes, she's come to see it differently. And now she's actively negotiating regularly, like going to stores and negotiating discounts and whatnot. So it's it's cool to see people's evolution once they realize that it doesn't need to be a scary prospect. Yeah, it doesn't need to be about bashing someone over the head either. You know, it just needs to be about two people winning. Exactly. Before we finish up this episode, I have a few questions for you. Does your job do professional development training? Are you looking for a workshop for your next conference? Does your profession require effective communication or dispute resolution? If so, a negotiation training seminar might be what you need. I've had the opportunity to do these trainings around the country, and I'd love to swing by your neck of the woods. Our customized negotiation seminars are as fun as they are informative. You'll not only discover the keys to negotiation and persuasion, you'll also have the opportunity to practice these skills in a safe environment with a negotiation simulation. And at the end of the seminar, you'll be able to communicate confidently, resolve disputes effectively, and get what you want out of your next negotiation. And as an added bonus, if you let us know far enough in advance, we we can get these trainings certified for continuing education credits. Feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn or shoot me an email to learn more. Now let's get back to the show. So to wrap this up, because I know we're coming up on time here and we, we got to have you back on because this, <laughs> this was a lot of fun. If you could give our audience um, one tip to make them more persuasive, what would it be? Oh, I would say... To be more persuasive, be more congruent with your message because the uncertain mind will always say no. So you need to make sure that you build certainty in who you are, what you provide, so that they become certain in their mind and it becomes easier for them to say yes. Oh, that's deep. That's quotable. <laughs> that is quotable. Feel free to use that on some sort of quote card and post it all over social media with my name on the bottom. I'm happy with that. Oh, for sure. For sure. The uncertain mind will always say no. That's deep. And kind of thinking back to uh, the episode with Chris Voss, he was a former FBI hostage negotiator. He would also say that 
there are three kinds of yeses and only one is the one that you want, like the commitment yes. And mm. so kind of adding on to what you said, the uncertain mind will always say no. And I'll add, even if it says yes with his words, because sometimes yes. people will say yes, and this is, you don't really have that commitment. And so um, I think this kind of goes back to the old school selling methods where people would try to push through and just get to yes regardless. But really, yeah. yes doesn't matter unless you have how. And if you see somebody wavering when they give you what they want, don't assume that you have a deal. That's so true. And going back to that whole old school sales thing, I often train sales teams on this. I say, you know, you compare a Zig Ziglar style of selling, which was all about scripts, dialogues, say this, they'll say that, to Gary Vee, who's just authentic, transparent, honest. And look at the difference. One gets a huge result with pull marketing. The other one got a huge result with push marketing. And Gary Vee is the master of pull marketing. It gets people to him. He doesn't have to go and find them. And that's how a negotiation works in its truest form. That's right. That's a perfect way to end. So thank you so much for joining us today, Anthony. This was great. That's quite all right. Yeah, and- I've, got a, I've got a gift for everyone who's listening, by the way. Yes. I have a monthly training called Momentum Club. And it's all around business training and high performance training. And if you go to Facebook and just search Momentum Club, it is a group. It is a free group. You just click to join. I'll add you to the group. And it's a free training every single month where I'll jump on a video call. And we spend about an hour, an hour and a half going through all of the latest insights that I've learned from my coaches and my mentors and giving that to you so you can use that in your business and in your life. And there's a whole network of other like-minded people in that group. I'll add you to the group as well, Kwame. I think you'd really enjoy it. I'd love to have you on on the uh, monthly call to talk to the audience as well. That'd be cool. And so we got go on there. It's such a great network of like-minded individuals because we know that network and environment is everything. So I'd love to offer you for free. Come and join the group. Love to see you in there. If you want to join it and you can't find it on Facebook, just go to my website, which is anthonykirby.com slash Momentum Club. That's anthonykirby.com slash Momentum Club. I'm sure Kwame can throw that in the show notes and um, it'll link you straight into the group there. I love it. I'm there. I'm there. (laughs) Good stuff. Thanks again, Anthony. I appreciate it. That's all right. Thanks, mate. I hope you enjoyed that episode. If you're finding this information helpful, please remember to leave a review and subscribe. Our goal is to teach this to as many people as possible. And every time you leave a review, it makes it easier for people to find us in the search engines. With your support and listenership, we've grown to the point where we are now the number one ranked negotiation podcast, and we have listeners in 140 different countries. We appreciate your continued support, and please continue to reach out to me on LinkedIn. Remember, everybody who connects with me gets a personal message from me eventually. It takes time because uh, more and more people have been reaching out, but I want to hear from you, and we actually get to chat. So continue to reach out. Thanks again for listening. I'll catch you in the next one.